0: We were back in parts unknown. Much as we dreaded it, it was time to meet back up with the Manhunter from Mars, whose superhero identity had been recently revealed as an alien and he'd been welcomed by his city. Skimming the news as we walked to his secret identity's office, we decided it was an improvement from before, for whatever that was worth.
1: Hi, my name is John. And I'm Matthew. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. Man, look at that. That We got it. That one outlier. (laughs) Flawless intro.
0: The, the the one time that's happened to you, like I mean, you you have a nigh impeccable record.
1: Oh, let's not say that now. Uh, <laughs> it's well. too
0: late. Like I've jinxed it for the future, but present us are fine.
1: One screw up, Salito. That's what they call me. Um, <laughs> I thought it was one take, Salito. One take, Salito. That's what they call right. me. Was
0: it one take or two takes, Salito? Doesn't matter. It's a <laughs> it's a
1: West Wing joke for those who know. Um, speaking of something that's really funny to something that re- God just isn't. Um, well, I mean, funny in a in like a room
0: way. Yeah. Yeah, I could see. I yeah. wouldn't even no, honestly, it doesn't it's even It's not as bad
1: to... as the room. It's just Never actually seen the room. Oh, well, you know what? That's a thing you and I should do. Yeah. We've been friends for 6 years now and you I've that never sounds right. and I've never made you watch the room. That sounds right. Oh, you poor sweet summer child. Um, <laughs> that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, we're we're moving to back to detective comics in the 1960s to go to our favorite Martian um john johns or john jones the martian manhunter or the manhunter from mars
0: these stories are bad
1: yeah look if you're just joining us first of all why why start an episode 67 <laughs> what is wrong with you are you the person that like reads the back of the book like before starting it but regardless if you're just joining us martian manhunter in the 1960s is not a not a prime piece of real estate for good writing
0: um it got worse I think you know what I'm gonna there are certain things that made me react more viscerally at least to the first like half or so I'm gonna
1: say I like I'm gonna say this I like it better because it's I get through it faster I'll agree with that um yeah Jack Miller boy howdy Jack Miller you are you're doing the yeoman's work doing a bad comic um (laughs) look
0: learn from your mistakes there's a reason Jack
1: Miller is not on any other book in DC right now. This is the only thing we've ever read with Jack Miller being the writer. So Martian Manhunter, when last we saw him, had just revealed that he existed to the fine folk of <laughs> Um Parts Unknown USA, as we refer to it. Um, we'll get to that later, because um, I have a thing about that. Because of one of the issues. And mm-hmm. I think I've identified where they are. I'm curious. <clears throat> and I think it's something you suggested a while ago. And now we're going to actually have to really sit down and have that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has revealed himself to the townsfolk of Parts Unknown USA. And um and nobody gave a shit. Like all the citizens were like, oh, cool, a Martian. And mm-hmm. all of his fears, as the episode suggests, uh, were unfounded. Um, that was the last episode with Martian Manhunter, so if you look for anything that says Unfounded Fears, it's probably going to be about the Martian Manhunter being really scared about everyone treating him differently because he was a Martian, and that didn't happen, so like, you know, he was scared for nothing. So, Joanne, you ready? Okay, cool. Um, Detective Comics, number uh, 276, February 1960, since we're picking up um, from January 1960, was the last issue we said before we started Justice League. Here we are again. Welcome back. I've just got to keep up with me. It's a lot to happen. Um Detective Comics number 276, Martian Manhunter pretends to have amnesia so that he can infiltrate a gang that he's been um, trying to capture and because the Martian is now a known identity, John Jones the detective is going like, "Hmm, I'll work on the case, disappearing for a while and then letting the Martian Manhunter identity solve the cases for him." In which I've got to say is the worst move ever. Because We're going to talk about this, and I know this is already only the first story that we're going to talk about. There aren't very many, and we're going to go through them very quickly because they're that short, because the Martian Manhunter story is only 12 pages. um, Because, Lord, I mean, really, why would you give more pages to this guy? Don't give Jack Miller work. Um, (laughs) John Jones purposely sabotaging his own career as a detective by allowing his alter ego, i.e. his real identity, the Martian Manhunter, to solve cases before he can get to them, makes him look like a bad detective. So he goes from being the marvelous Mr. Jones that he was previously, the guy who mm-hmm. can do anything with tons of friends, who used to just be like an expert at all sorts of shit, this detective that like solved every crime, is now getting beat out by his alter ego. So now the difference here is Clark Kent letting Superman solve problems that he becomes aware of as a reporter is not the same thing because Clark Kent is reporting on the exploits of his alter ego. His alter ego is actually giving him work. mm mm-hmm john jones is robbing him of a job
0: (laughs) we would much rather that he were trying to get pictures of spider-man
1: yeah like he is he's picked for the wrong profession like the green lantern literally absolutely does not affect hal jordan's position Mm. um barry allen being the flash as you know that doesn't stop him from being a forensic scientist you know he can do all the forensic science on the stuff that he's working on you know wonder woman's just a Wonder Woman, Aquaman's just an Aquaman. Bruce does nothing. <laughs> so Batman gives him a reason to live, I guess. Um, you know, like the other people who have alter egos aren't stopping their superhero identity, you know, the superhero identity isn't stopping them from having a job.
0: And it- I'll even go a little bit further and talk about like the predecessors to the the masked superheroes. Sure, where you have like Zorro, uh, Zorro is the main example that comes to mind, but also other folks who like work on the other side of the law when they're uh, in their costume. Uh, well, I want to say the spirit, maybe the uh, spirit. Well, the spirit uh, was not, dead. Not, uh, not the spirit. Uh, the shadow.
1: The shadow. Yeah, Wait. Lamont Cranston um, mm-hmm. was a he was Batman essentially. He's a wealthy socialite who then has the power of the shadow. Okay, maybe um, maybe a bit of a different situation, but with Zorro, especially, it's
0: one of those like I can't get caught doing this. I am going beyond the law to do what I am supposed well, to do.
1: I mean, if you even look at the, the rest of the Golden Age, guys. Mm-hmm. Sandman didn't stop him from doing, from being yeah. a steel magnate, I guess that mm-hmm. was what Wesley Dodds was.
0: There, there's almost universally a non-compete clause. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> almost
1: like, don't do a job that's going to be ruined by you being a superhero. Literally do a job that would benefit. It, it's a symbiotic relationship. I mean, even Alan Scott was a radio guy. You know, sometimes reporters, sometimes technicians, sometimes, I guess, whatever he wanted to be. And being Green Lantern allowed him to go to places that he needed to go to for his job. You know, Jay Garrick did Swiss Army science. I mean, Carter Hall was ambiguous. I mean, when you're reincarnated, really, it doesn't matter what the fuck you do for a living. You know, you're going to die anyway and just come back. And... <laughs> I mean, even now, the Hawks, their job is to be cops. Being museum curators doesn't prevent them from being superheroes. Like, there's, I mean, shit. It, Ralph Dibney is the elongated man. Like, that's just it. He's just like, now nah, this is my life, I guess. You know, he's he's trying to do the Aquaman thing without having been born Aquaman. Uh, so I mean, so that's just a thing that's going to get on my nerves about Martian Manhunter comics right now is that they're gonna—he's going to basically make himself be superfluous for no reason, and that's I think honestly one of the big problems with this character is why he doesn't take off is that he, his his alter ego doesn't add anything to his character. Him being a cop is literally unimportant,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially when they made the universal decision to not have the town care about there being a Martian that literally said it doesn't matter that you're this job because now you being secret about it doesn't have an effect on anything. So we're going to go to Detective Comics number 277 after that rant, uh, March 1960. Uh, Mr. Moth steals a lot of lights related uh, to just you know light-related crimes, and uh, he's got a weird Hotline Miami mask that I was not fond of. Um, I'm sure somewhere in here we're at peak um, Moth meme. Uh, Uh, yeah, so there was a there's just you know, in my head, every time I saw him on the page, I was like, Y'all got any lamps? Um, (laughs) but that's about it. That's the only joke I'm ever gonna make about that. Detective Comics, number 278, April 1960. Cops pretend to be Venusians that can defeat Martian Manhunter to draw out criminals who are interested in the gadgetry that the Venusians, quote unquote, have, and it's just a sting operation. Where the and, and when I say Martian Manhunter, I mean specifically jean Jones, the green, you know, speedo-wearing guy, is now working with the cops. He's even literally doing yep. what he would normally do as John Jones. He's The amount of times that he's John Jones now in the comics, now mm. that he's revealed the fact that there's a Martian that exists, is maybe 10%. There's very little time him being John Jones.
0: Think about every time that, like, can't-be-older Batman was, like, batman working with uh the cops directly and yeah and it's like okay it's much that except it's a martian
1: <laughs> yeah except he's green and is dressed very scantily um detective comics number 279 may 1960 martian manhunter has to save people from uh bad inventions that an inventor makes that endanger them and all the while trying to catch a criminal um it's a really stupid kind of nonsensical story, um, very much like the three inventors that, from the last uh, from the last episode with Flash. And it
0: says a lot about it that when I was reading it, I didn't make that comparison. When yeah. I was reading it, it, was just all right. Well, it's that happened.
1: Yeah, it's the same formula with just less pages to get to get the jokes across.
0: Even setting aside the amount of pages, it's just there's spark and fun missing. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, Jack Miller is not.
0: But where are John we going Broom. to get dirt for cheap? Yeah, God, cheap. I missed that joke. Oh, God, I don't think there's anything in any of these uh, issues that makes me laugh a quarter as hard as that
1: one. No, did. no, no, and maybe it's because you're laughing
0: at it, not with
1: it. Yeah, uh, Detective Comics number 280, June 1960. Martian Manhunter keeps a thief from going to jail to keep him from killing a witness while the witness is moved to a safe location. Which is just a bunch of instances of John Jones going like, ah, yes, I must watch this criminal. And then as the criminal is about to do something that will get him thrown in jail, he turns into the Martian Manhunter and prevents that thing from happening so the guy actually doesn't get thrown in jail.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Detective Comics number 281, uh, July 1960. Martian Manhunter helps Marsville? So Marsville is basically, um, remember that story where a bunch of bad guys who were smuggling diamonds through babies and rockets made a fake Krypton? And I was like, this is the most horrifying, triggering instance that Superman's probably ever encountered. Yep. So it's basically new Krypton on Earth, except it's like Marsville. So it's just Martian Manhunter helped a bunch of people build a Mars amusement park that simulates the environment of Mars for charity. And humans basically have powers in this theme park, and he does not because it's like his normal environment.
0: Which I don't think that's how that works. I was trying to remember, like I'm I pretty, had some vague memory of like atmosphere being important, well, but I, I don't I'm pretty remember certain for sure. that like
1: they had powers on I, his planet. I
0: honestly don't remember. I,
1: God, I, I, I'm I had, had to sure. write down
0: as like I should check this, and then I didn't.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure if we go back into the, the the ancient texts, there we have the notes that suggest that they have powers. That's probably why they eliminated crime on Mars. You know, yeah, I'm sure we sense. could go back. But regardless, Martian Manhunter has no powers when he's in Marsville and the humans do. And once a bunch of criminals figure this out, they try to attack him and he has to be smart by just using fire
0: to stop them because he doesn't have his weakness anymore and they do. I thought that he did still have his weakness. It's just that he didn't mind starting a fire for some unknown reason. No,
1: I got the impression that like oh no, yeah, you're right, because they yeah, constantly, it I guess bugged he me. It. It's
0: like, he just started a fire, and it wasn't like a, let me like make this fire over there. Yeah, he's it was, like, he right next to them.
1: It. He's right next to them while the fire's yeah. going, and they're all like, oh my god, this sucks. And he's like, yeah, it does. And you're like, why aren't you freaking out about this? Because the Martian uh, animals are still afraid of fire. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's a weirdly, that's a purpose of plot story right there. Yep. Because uh, then he changes into John John's in the atmosphere mm. where he has no power okay no now i'm even more mad at that boo <laughs> boo jack miller um detective comics number 282 august 1960 martian manhunter uh the superhero convinces diane mead you know that girl who thought john jones was really cute and she's also the daughter of the police commissioner at that chick she's mm. back i mean like she might as well be she's only shown up like five times um
0: that's I'm actually trying to remember. like Three, four at max. She was there when he... Not many.
1: Showed up twice before, once more, I believe, when he revealed that he was a Martian Mm -hmm. to the world. She was just there because she was trying to say, like, you're the Martian Manhunter, Mr. Jones. And he's like, shut up, crazy. Um, Because they tried to make her like a Lois Lane character. And now this is like the fourth time, I suppose, that she's shown up. She's a policewoman still doing, doing her job, thank God. And uh, a bunch of criminals are mad. And they're like, we'll get you, Diane, you know, Op patrol woman mead. And she's like, oh, no, that sounds terrible. So Martian Manhunter pretends that she has powers to, f- to scare criminals. And she's like, oh, my God, I have powers. I can take on a bunch of criminals. And he's like, how could this have possibly backfired in any unforeseeable way? And he just has to protect her from getting herself killed. Yeah. Detective Comics number 283, September 1960. Martian Manhunter protects a sailor who is targeted since he got a shipping contract that another guy wants and his crew believes that he's jinxed. Um, We did this story and another more famous and better superhero called Superman or Aquaman, one of the other two man characters, has done this before. Has protected a character who has believed to be jinxed by his crew and sails them through treacherous waters safely.
0: We have, haven't we?
1: Yeah. There's a lot of... We've done this before, but better and with longer page count. Um, so the pacing was nice. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a story that occurs. Detective Comics number 284, October 1960. Diane tries to get John Jones' attention because she likes him. And it inadvertently just causes a bunch of problems. And it's not because she's like... A couple of situations are fabricated, but also like just shenanigans ensue just like bullshit happens and she has to roll with the punches and it ruins her um attempts at getting attention like she tries to do a bunch of good things to be like
0: see aren't i really cool and as she's doing them things just don't work out for her there are some of them are also pretty poorly thought out like oh i'm going to honestly i think that's the bullshit. first one. stupid like, yeah well i don't remember even the first one the first she
1: one. she um she Drills a hole in the boat that they're in. That's right. right. That Six. that one
0: that one was just stupid. But then there was also like the second and third. I think one was let me climb this like half constructed building to get this kid's balloon, and then the third weird. was let me charge in on this mob boss uh, and his entire uh, henchman.
1: That's fair. I take that back. Yeah, she she does some pretty
0: dumb stuff. It, and It then, really reads like an Archie. Yeah, and and at the end he
1: asks her out.
0: Yeah, Well, honestly, I was happy with that. That was yeah. the only good part of that story. I
1: mean, he treats me. her well. Diane's a good character. She's a cop, so she's doing stuff. It's not like she just sits around and doesn't do things. In my mind, she's better than Lois Lane because she's actively trying to stop crime as opposed to like, oh, Clark, I'm going to take your story. Like, She's mm-hmm. not trying to take john jones's job from him by proving that she's better she's just trying to do her job really well and she happens to think this guy is attractive Mm -hmm. i think what they're doing is perfectly acceptable i'm sure there's a rank and file you know order about like fraternizing with lower subordinates because he's a detective and she's a patrol woman but honestly i think their relationship is fairly healthy it's just written 1960s
0: yes especially after this bit yeah uh it
1: it, it's very archy, kinda, like you yeah. said, and and to be fair, I think they'd be a, a cute couple. They're just he he finds her attractive, and she she digs him because he's good at his job, and he treats her with respect. When she's after, doing after this story, well, yeah, after mm-hmm. the story, because she's doing stupid stuff. Like mm-hmm. honestly, she's endangering her life for no reason. All she had to say was that she was interested mm-hmm. in him because he's interested in her.
0: Yeah. And actually, I forgot that the the one that really stood out to me was the previous story that she was in where uh, she has the temporary superpowers. Right. uh, And that was that one smacked of a lot of disrespect uh, from him to her because it's just like, oh, I'm first off, he didn't tell her uh, that he was going to do this stuff. It was just, all right, I'm going to pretend you have superpowers trick you into it. Uh, And I'm going to talk about this later on, but just he has a smirk the entire time. It's the joke is, I know something oh, look, you don't know. The, yeah. the joke is, oh, this this woman thinks she has superpowers.
1: And to be fair, they got what they deserved out of that. Was tricking a woman who wants to who wants to deal out justice to gangsters. Tried to go do the thing. Oh it's, yeah, that's what they deserved. Was her to get into a dangerous situation and have to save her because they fucked up and they were they were irresponsible. Mm-hmm. She was a I, good person. It's dangerous that they did that to her, mm-hmm. but. What they deserve is for that plan to go awry because she's that good of a person.
0: So I agree that that's the right way to frame it and that those events happen. But I don't think the story's framed that way. I think the story is still framed as, isn't it funny that she's doing this? Oh, sure. And there's no comeuppance or even like a story saying, well, (laughs) I hope you learned something. Oh, sure. Don't be a jerk. But I believed
1: 100% that she would have done that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that was the thing was, Lois would have used her powers to find out who Superman was. Diane's going to try and fuck up crime. (laughs) And that's the thing is
0: like, yeah. Can we get that on a
1: campaign poster? Yeah, Diane, she'll fuck up crime. Um, Her and McGruff. Can, Uh, Can
0: you fit that in like the Hope font? Yeah,
1: let's do it. But that's the thing is like. That was what I like about her character. She's a one-off and she's not around very much. But, like, Diane's just like, oh, that guy's really cute. Well, I still want to be a cop. And I'm like, you know, what? good for you. Like, that's a healthy character. You know, it just is a shame that she's not around more. Detective Comics, number 285, November 1960. Martian Mandrills? Yep. All right, so uh, Mandrills are are not... I don't want to be a bad zoologist on top of being a bad fake detective. <laughs> uh, I mean, just, I can only make up so many bad facts at a time, but I think mandrills are like baboons. Yeah. Like the big ones with the big tusks. I don't know about tusks,
0: but definitely, like
1: they're, they're bigger Not like tusks, bigger tusks, but monkeys. they're like giant, like fangy teeth things. I'm I am always <laughs> Yeah. It, bottom line, big, big, big s- sapient creatures.
0: Yeah. But they're monkeys. I think they are technically monkeys they're not instead
1: apes? of apes. I don't think they're apes.
0: Okay. Like are baboons monkeys not apes uh i think I think yes yeah. i think chimpanzees are apes okay I th- i'm reasonably sure. like orangutans that. and things like that are apes yeah wait
1: no i gotta google it Where? doctor internet <laughs> uh, uh just google mandrills that's gonna be weird uh <laughs> primate uh the mandrill is a primate of the old world monkey family yeah it's a monkey uh, one of two species aside of the genus Mandrillus, along with the drill, both the mandrill and the drill were classified as baboons. So, huh. I mean, if you, it's what you think of when you think of a, a like a baboon. Yeah. Hey, you ever see the old Disney animated movie Tarzan? the those guys that fight him in that one scene when you first meet Jane and she's stuck in the jungle by herself and she meets the tiny baby monkey and then like the big like she's chased by a horde of monkeys the, they look like that
0: it's been a long time since i saw that movie well
1: then for the viewer i hope with that word painting i i just painted for you um you get what i'm talking about and you're not just singing you know um the Phil Collins song or that I gross, ridiculous. Yeah. Oh God, I love that song. Me. I want to know about these strangers like me, uh, Ooh, but not, man, the, that's stuck in my head, not the, not the dumb Rosie O'Donnell and sync song. That's midway through that movie where they discover that the, the human camp and all the chimpanzees and the fucking, and all the gorillas and the elephant are just fucking around with this. That's a dumb, I don't remember that. Song. It has no words. It's just a doo-wop song with no
0: words. And it's <laughs> scatting. I don't, <laughs> that's what a, actually that's remarkably off-brand for nsync what the f-
1: oh no it was pink yeah. nsync let's do what we want baby mm, but also no. like they got to be with rosie o'donnell who was hot at the time so it was, i mean look you're not gonna make rosie o'donnell sing first of all you're not so you're gonna give her the doo-wop scat song with the the biggest boy band that the world has ever known outside it's, of
0: k-pop odd matchup
1: it was strange, but that exists. Uh, you're welcome, Disney fans. That was a weird trip down memory lane for that. <laughs> anyway, that's what a mandrill is.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, once again, boy bands aside. Boy bands
1: aside, we actually really get to use that for once. Uh, bands. Yeah. So there's Martian ones, I guess. There's Martian
0: mandrills that stand
1: up on yeah, two Martian feet. Yeah,
0: Martian mandrills, not Martian boy bands. No,
1: not... Ooh, I mean, there probably are, but like, yeah. we're not, I can't speculate with that. It's like, we can't... Oh, that's just going to get me on a rant about Klingon music. Um, <laughs> I just I can't I can't go there again. Uh, the Trekkers are find will find me. Uh, and yes, Trekkers not Trekkies. There's a difference. Uh, God, whew, we are off the rails here. Uh, Martian mandrills. They're big. They're mean. They stand on two feet. They don't look like baboons at all. And uh, they I guess blow explosive air out their mouths. Yep. So much so that they can lift a bank off the ground. Yep. I don't Fucking. Ugh. A, a, a missile with a bunch of them lands on earth and some criminals find it and somehow get the ability to control them. And Martian Manhunter's like, that's mean to control these innocent animals, um, to do crime. They stop it. And then they send the mandrills to Mars and like the police chief Harding, who is John Jones's boss, who is now constantly working with Martian Manhunter and not John Jones, which is super suspicious. Um, Goes like, hey, Martian manager, don't you wish you could go with the mandrills back to Mars? And he's like, maybe someday, dude. That was the, that's your whole life, that's your whole
0: character. The, so there have been bits before this where the reasoning, the same reasoning, was brought up of I can't leave until my work here is done, right? Until like I've successfully stamped out crime. But you're about to get to this one. It bugged this shit. I mean, I I guess it's the oh, issue after this, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, this one hurt.
1: Look, look alright, we already dealt with the fact that Martian Manhunter wasn't going to go back to Mars because he had the opportunity to do it when the Martian criminal got on Mars and he sent that guy back without going back with him. So he has made the decision that he's going to stay on Earth for a while. Whatever. Detective Comics number 286, December 1960. Martian Manhunter's secret identity, uh, John Jones, happens to look identical to a prince in a different country that's been missing since he showed up on Earth in, you know, four years. And... That never came up until this point when these guys show up in the town. They're like, "Oh my God, you're the prince!" and and Chief Harding's like, "Well, I guess you are because you're not telling me where you've been, you know, four years before you showed up in town in Uh Don't worry, we're gonna get to that, I promise. But he goes with them to find out where this prince is. So he goes under the auspices of being this prince, finds the prince because the prince is like, "Oh my God, I had to find out who this guy was that was impersonating me because obviously I exist and you're not me." And he goes, oh, thank God, we look alike. Uh, I'll help you stop this coup that's attempting to occur by someone trying to kill you. He does so, goes back, and Chief Harding's like, why didn't you say that the guy just looked absolutely like you, and I would have believed that, no question. And and John Jones is like, because you're an idiot, obviously. Um, and Happy New Year, Detective Comics, number 287, January 1961. After fixing Professor Erdell's machine, remember that machine, that one thing that got him onto the planet in the first place in his origin story, the computer brain um apparently it it teleports people that's what a computer brain does whatever i don't (laughs) swiss army science um john jones has fixed it and in doing so he's like all right i got it repaired i'm gonna turn it on see what happens does so and teleports his kid brother tom t apostrophe o m m to earth now before this, we get a nice little flashback of five years previously, four or five years previously, of John, or Jean, at home. I guess he lives with his parents? Yep, that was the implication. Okay, first of all, he calls his mother, mother, and he calls his dad, dad. And that bothered the shit out of me.
0: Huh? He yeah. doesn't say no, mother that, and yeah. father,
1: he says mother and dad, and I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> I was like, that's just not how that works. You, you pick one you pick familiar or formal and you stick with it unless your dad and you were really cool and your mom and you aren't like is is it a matriarchy in Mars we don't know we'll never know it's never fleshed out bottom line being he's got a little brother i guess john jean jones is like mid 20s living at home he has that still does parents that
0: vibe of like
1: he's, he's a young he's a young guy still at home fuck what is what is this shit <laughs> jack miller what are you doing so we get a little scene of him with his his family going to go to work, and his brother Tom, or Tom, is like, can I go with you? He's like, no, obviously not. I'm going to work. Stay home. And as he goes to work, he's then teleported to Professor Erdell's laboratory, and that is where we pick up. He has now fixed the machine. He teleports Tom
0: to Earth... And because he hits the wrong button instead of like sending himself. Right. He hits he the wrong button because, you know, there. working
1: on this machine for so for four years has not taught you what the right button is because God forbid you label. Um And Tom's like, oh, good. Now I'm here with you, brother. They get into some shenanigans where Tom helps him establish that John Jones is actually still John Jones and not the Martian Manhunter. And Jean is like, you got to go home because like mom and dad have got to be freaking out because like they've lost me already and now they've lost you. Like, you obviously have to go home. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, he's like, tell mom and dad I'm cool, I guess. And
0: then sends his brother back
1: but doesn't go with him.
0: And that's the end of the story. Uh, well, I think that bit specifically, like, he could only send one person back if I'm remembering right. Right.
1: But, like, the, the excuse is he's like, I gotta tweak this a bit more so that I can figure this whatever out. And that's that's the end of the story. So, first of all, I have to I have to two things first joke so his brother's name is ta'am right this is going to be a really old school joke for those Uh-oh. of you who are uh, around um so if ta'am had to stay on earth with his brother whom he presumably would have pretended to just be his brother of so he'd be um and also it's ta'am john's mm-hmm. um it's his name he would presumably just shorten it to tom or thomas and the last name would be jones so he would be tom jones the famous singer it's not unusual to be loved by anyone i, <laughs> I was going to tommy lee jones to but be also honest. like he would fuck oh god i was tom jones around in the 60s please be cuz that joke would land so much harder if it was cuz then it would be even funnier <laughs> tom jones doctor internet singer still alive God, you're not looking good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was born in the 40s, so Tom Jones was around. He was 21 in the 1960s. Um, yeah, that's just funny to me. For those of you out there who found that joke hilarious, he'd be Tom Jones. Um, second, so in the, uh, the, the, the mandrill story, this is interesting, at one point they say they have discovered the mandrills in Oakland Park. Really? Now... Before we get really into yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It could be Oakland Park. It's spelled one word as one word. And it could be made to say like maybe there's a park with lots of oak trees, but it's Oakland Park. And I'm not going to say that that's a definitive geographical location. I don't even know if there is an Oakland Park in Oakland, California. But that makes me think that this is supposed to be the Bay Area of California? There's a bridge. There's shipping. Remember, we had that conversation about the bridge, and you thought it was like that he he stops at one point. Um there's a lot. I I don't know. Like uh there's movie studios that are nearby that he drives to. Um is parts unknown USA in California?
0: Potentially. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a
1: thing that I noticed. It's a very little uh, uh, detail that I noticed that could potentially put Parts Unknown USA on a map somewhere. Mm. But then again, it could be Oakland Park, anywhere, literally anywhere. But I just thought that was interesting because Oakland is pretty much universally known across the United States to be in California. Um, So, you know, maybe it's a Bay Area city. Huh, Um, fair enough. And that is my, uh, that is my, did you know fact for the day with reading this g- garbage. Uh, right. Oh, also it's established that he cannot use any of his powers while he's invisible.
0: Mm. We I do. don't think it renders like, I don't. they don't do a consistent job of drawing when he's invisible. But though. also
1: it does, that doesn't make sense because he can fly. Oh. That immediately gets disproven as he's flying while he's invisible.
0: Shit, you're right. Yeah. So that's a <laughs> dumb rule. Let, let, Let's just, uh, let's take this moment to be really aware that these are poorly written stories.
1: Yeah, as we said before. So anyway, that's me. Um, That's the end of the summary. I believe you have, you know, at least some
0: modicum of notes. Some. Not not a ton today, but some bits. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Just to follow up on sort of one of the last bits in there, like, it really bugged me that one of There was the point where they sent the mandrills back and it was very clear, I am not going home. Two issues later, it's, I built a machine to send me home. It burned yeah. me. That yeah, one burned. That's,
1: that's some inconsistency there.
0: Worth noting, uh, at this time, uh, this is when there's a ton of weird sci-fi stuff going on in the Batman stories. We're in peak sci-fi Batman before it becomes like, camp focused which goddamn
1: i really wish we could get for you but we're getting there 1964 once we get there we'll start doing a lot more batman i
0: promise nope okay i need to i need to rant about the art i don't remember if the if this is a change from last time but i certainly don't remember it making me quite this angry uh so maybe it's new who knows um but the art pissed me off because Especially the male characters. Uh all the heads seem like big and blocky. Uh they're big they're big heads. Square jawed. Yeah. Overly square uh, jawed. And like the entire like head structure is like blocky but rounded. Uh and yeah. honestly, like him especially, it's like that, but without hair. So because he's bald. Uh he either looks like Thanos or a giant baby. Yeah. Yep. And honestly, wow! Yeah, like, you're right. <laughs> the art style that I think of, like when I think of the the head designs for male characters, it's a little more like Lego instead of like pulpy square jaw. Yeah, it's just big almost, rounded.
1: Yeah, almost blockish.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other side of art, the art that I hated is everyone is smirking, or at the very least, the captain and John are smirking all the time. It's,
1: yeah, it's the Pixar smirk. Oh no, no, DreamWorks. It's the DreamWorks smirk. Yeah. Uh. Like, over the head, shark's tail, blah, blah,
0: blah. Pick your DreamWorks movie that nobody ever oh, saw. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm visualizing the shark's tail uh, picture in my head. Huh. Uh, but yeah, like, TMI, but I had a boss at one point that couldn't stop smirking, even when it was really socially inappropriate to be smirking. Uh, yeah, and that was... Uh, don't, don't do not do that. It, it makes it really hard to take drama or empathy or anything else seriously if all you're doing is smirking. Especially, like, it hurt in the story where uh, where John was faking superpowers for uh, whatever her name was. Diane. Diane. Uh, Don't worry, I remember. Yeah, good. One of us <laughs> had to. Uh, a lot of this went in one ear and right the yeah. fuck out. <laughs> but yeah, like, he's going through and acting patronizing and looking really patronizing. That one just ground me the wrong way. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And it's just, yeah, all the way through the art, it just, it's not so much like, he he doesn't look like a wrestler. I was trying to make the comparison. Maybe he looks like, a bit like Batista. No, (laughs) he looks like a cartoon of a wrestler. He looks like a cartoon. You know what? He looks like a weird, over the top comic version of Bruce Willis. He looks like Brock Sampson sometimes. Mm. Yeah. the gi-
1: the yeah, giant yeah.
0: rectangular rounded head yeah one thing with re- actually with regards to the uh story with, where he's pretending to give uh Diane superpowers i've for a long time been trying to find the right words for how to structure this statement and i think i finally found it if your story ass- r- assumes that or has to have the characters don't talk for some kind of tragic reason and that's needed for your story to go off the way it does, that's fine. If it's for like a bad reason of just like this person isn't facing up and isn't talking to the other person, that's fine. If it's some kind of messy reason of just like I was going to talk with them and I never quite got around to it, that that's also kind of fine if you're doing those as part of your story. if it If there's no real if there's no reason that they couldn't talk about it then it's a bad story and in this case there is absolutely no reason he couldn't have been like hey diane you and i like i'm gonna do some stuff to protect like we agree that you need protection uh and you're agreeing with that like let's give you superpowers for a bit there's no reason she couldn't have been brought in on it except for the purposes of plot yeah 100 percent uh also thing that bugged me uh the atmosphere of mars makes humans superpowered, and the first thing the humans do is the criminals uh do is hey i'm gonna steal the robots instead (laughs) of i'm gonna get a scuba tank of this atmosphere
1: yeah i'm gonna make sure that we can reproduce this atmosphere ad nauseum so that we could you know do this
0: forever for the rest of our lives (laughs) yep uh, dumb thing that bugged me. Uh, there's the story about yeah. So the story about the ship and the captain shoots an albatross to put it out of its misery. Pro tip: uh, I understand humanitarianness, but uh, you, people are gonna react poorly to that. Uh, uh, do they state specifically
1: that it's an albatross? I thought yep. they oh, okay. they
0: very explicitly like they all but name drop the rhyme of the ancient mariner. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but. It's it's a petty story about someone in a quirky jam, which you know those kind of like like downbeat stories can be fun. However, the issue here is that there there's no tonal break here. It it is written with the exact same tone as when he's trying to stop aliens, when he's trying to uh, stop criminals. It's written the exact same way. It's not like looking at something seriously that usually gets uh, dismissed. Like it's not like oh the teens really do need help or something like that. It's not a tongue and cheese melodrama piece. It's not the uh, it's not like a Hot Springs episode or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. It's just another adventure out of place. I have uh, written down. God damn it! Literally two issues ago, you had a rocket that you could have used to go to Mars. All caps. Yeah. Oh, this was kind of interesting um, from a visual side, uh, at least in the last like two or three issues, his anytime he goes between uh, John Jones and John John's, it it's this like psychedelic uh, circle in a circle in a circle in a circle. concentric circle like, thing. Yeah. yeah uh, and like alternating uh, colors. It's. Like, it's not the black and white version that is what I usually see when in that kind of pattern. But it's like, okay, it's kind of cool. Like, we used to see uh, him becoming invisible. Like, the two panels of John Jones visible and then the invisible uh, Martian Manhunter, like, walking forward from that. Right.
1: Were this a cartoon, those two identities would splay out from each other and then the one that he would turn into would go over the other. Yep. They would like overlap with whichever one was he, he was turning into. That's what like that would look like. Yeah, just the ooh, and there'd be a sound effect boom. And it, Exactly. It'd be like changing into his alter ego of John Jones, the I, Martian Manhunter goes into the police station to question Chief Harding. You know, like that's what that would be.
0: Okay. I'm just gonna pitch this now. Okay. What's the ideal Martian Manhunter magical girl transformation sequence? Um Well, really, he has so
1: few clothing (laughs) as Martian Manhunter that it gets to a really... God, you're right. (laughs) He he honestly loses more clothing. So from full suit to Speedo and suspenders,
0: it's honestly way less impressive. Do we get just like the oddly close-up of like, oh, Speedos, suspenders.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like his clothes remain in the suspender situation and then like they they blow off of him in an X yes yes
0: I love it yeah that would be cool (laughs) just like that just clothes explosion it would just
1: be less cool
0: yeah yeah that sounds about right
1: Um, yeah I just I can't I can't like that's the thing is that I think honestly what they're doing now for him is the best version of his transformation that, like, concentric circle, overlap. Yeah. And, over- and, and, like, that's the coolest design thing that they've ever done for him. I'll agree with that. Mind you, he's using a lot less powers now, too, in the stories. Flying Super You're Breath right. Invisibility and Super Strength, that's about it. He's not, like, using the the nuclear vision or, or atomic vision, excuse me. Um, he isn't really changing into people very much. Um, he's pretty much being john jones and the martian manhunter he's not really swapping and like taking identities anymore he does once during this the the story where he kind of quote-unquote has amnesia and he they're like show us what your real form looks like and he pretends to be some just random person that's the only time he really transforms into anybody different anymore between the two identities and he used to do that all the time that would happen like every other story where he'd transform into like a gangster or like a random person or a monster or something to freak these people out. or And they'd be like, oh, my God, it's a ghost or what have you. And it's really interesting that he's he's pared down the powers for ridiculously overly streamlined plot to the yeah. point where it's just, you know, it's just getting out there. It's getting in front of the reader. That's what we got. You're You're getting what you see. And it's such a letdown because they could be doing so much more with him.
0: They're, they're not doing anything.
1: Yeah. They're just doing, they're going through the motions. Mm-hmm. It honestly just feels like they're going through the motions and this is what they've decided to do. And it's, it's honestly very disappointing because this character could, could be doing stuff. And it, it makes me wonder how much better he's going to be in someone's hands like Gardner Fox come justice league. Mm -hmm. You know, when we go back to justice league, we look at him again and just be like, wow, like you even written as a part of a team, you're much better, you know, kind of thing. So, but, um, I think we're at, do you have any more notes or should we go to recommendations? That's all I got. Okay. So do you want to start us off?
0: Yeah, so I have a recommendation, and then uh, I think we should do a speck- very special recommendation after yours. Mm. Uh, so, first off, I'm going to recommend... We're both DBZ fans. Uh, both of us mainly through the lens of DBZ Abridged. Hey. And I'll always put a little bit of an asterisk there, because there's some problematic stuff, but no question, that is my favorite DBZ. Yeah. However, if you want to like really quickly... Get the essence of DBZ into someone's hands. Just like, hey, this is why this is why people are excited about this. This is why, like, the moments, the big moments have the big payoffs. There is a channel that does uh, Dragon Ball Z moments, like sequences as dubstep remixes. Oh, good lord! And like, that's the thing. It's not just like okay like let's just sample and uh use that them as samples over dubstep songs it's like there's one of uh the father son kamehameha <laughs> and it's like it's going through like a very abridged version of the scene it's like 6 minutes as compared to whatever how long and it goes from uh spoilers it goes from basically the the point where the kamehameha starts from cells or like Gohan is giving up and cells charging up the Kamehameha and they're about to start that beam struggle uh, and it goes through the whole, like the Harry is Potter Dad duel. Doing the, yeah. Is, is, <laughs> it goes through like Goku, uh, giving him the, this, the, uh, bolster your courage speech piccolo It goes through like piccolo and the guys jumping in. That's a lot. It goes through Vegeta. Like it goes, it covers a lot of ground and it go, does so at like a good brisk pace and it's got this really dramatic score that has all the appropriate moments. So it builds up to like the moments where Gohan just amps it up, and it's like, uh, "Come on!" Oh,
1: I love that shit.
0: And it's like, okay, and then the and then the bass drops.
1: Oh, that's good. and it works. Good remixes like that are always the best. Yeah. Anyway, I love that. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad it works. that, that like, exists check it out there. I will. You'll have to send that to me. <laughs> um, I've been playing nothing but Red Dead Redemption 2. And oh, shit. too. Right. Um, Look, I work in the video game industry. Both Matt and I both do. Um, we understand. Yeah, 100-hour crunch weeks are bullshit. Um, I'm going to say this straight up front. I do not support that. Unionize the game industry. Um, rights for games workers. One hundred percent. However... Do not ignore the technological masterpiece that is this game. It is a cultural touchstone for the video game industry. It is important. It will also secure the jobs for some of those people because if that company gets money, it means less layoffs. There, I mean, there's a
0: whole lot of there's a whole lot of discussion to be had, but I don't think there's been yeah, any disagreement you, that in terms of just a very good, very enjoyable game, like it's everybody there. Everybody's there.
1: It's 100 percent there. If you want to have a conversation with me about that, find me on Twitter. I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you about you know the ethics in the gaming industry, as far as working for Crunch as and to deliver a game. I can one hundred percent have a conversation with you about that. That is not what this podcast is about, though. Yeah. Just because, but, yeah,
0: uh, but we, yes, we both can do that. Game industry, yeah, but, the industry, yeah. Like to what to whatever extent you're able to separate separate the process from the product. It sounds like this is a really good yeah. product, and
1: also don't don't ignore the work that all those people did that's okay. kind of also part of it is like if you don't buy the game you're also not validating the work that they put all that time and effort into it's that that's a, there's there's, there, there's there's a lot some there truth to that. there's well, a lot there there's well a lot know, of shit's yeah, messy <laughs> yeah and then again we're just not going to get into that but there's a lot you and i can have that conversation on twitter if you want to have that mm-hmm. conversation with me i'm more than happy to talk about that with you this game is amazing like i really really like it yeah there's some problems here and there um go on YouTube. You'll find the bugs. I'm sure they're there. Um, but yeah, it's a huge game. Of course there are bugs obviously. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I have, so the way I play red dead is I do all the challenges first and then I do plot up. And so up until the challenge says you have to do this thing here. I go, Oh, I can't go there. Must mean that I have to advance the story now. And it literally extends the life of the game by an extra couple of hours just because like I'm learning how to do stuff by hand before the tutorial teaches me how to do it
0: oh shit
1: so it's very interesting in my opinion to do stuff that way and it just makes for uh an an instance where you become more familiar with the world before um the game introduces you to it um which i like doing you know with the witcher and you know dragon age and things like that so honestly check it out it's a very well-made game it is very interesting. There are, I'm sure, any number of conversations that can be had. It It is something, if you are a video game player, that you should pick up. It's going to be in the cultural zeitgeist forever. If you have a console and you don't want to pay for it right now, get it when it's on sale or when you have a gift card or the holiday season shows up. You should get this game. It's just going to be one of those games. Just like the Spider-Man game is going to be like the one of the best spider-man games if not best superhero games it was ever made you know this is one of those games that you're going to need to pick up just to be like wow we came a long way from nobody in the desert to this and we can do this now so i would highly recommend it okay you had to
0: uh i think there's this very special recommendation oh. from you
1: well yeah i mean if we're gonna do that if we're gonna do oh, hard yeah Pl- 100 percent. if we're gonna do hard plugs we're gonna do two because i have two yeah. um so I, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, I I write comics, um, which is a weird phrase to say out loud. Um, in fact, I, I'm writing two comics right now. I'm writing a fun kind of all ages comic. Um, if If you're looking for a genre because you want to get something, you know, you're trying to figure out to have your kids read stuff. I would say it's the same genre feel as Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, that was kind of the audience I was aiming for. It's more of an all ages sort of adventure comic. It's called Mordecai and Company. Uh, M-O-R-D-E-C-A-I and Co. You know, uh, and it is on Tapas and Webtoon. And it's just fun, um, adventure sort of stuff. It's just starting out. Um, you know, we're getting more and more pages as we can. The artist and I are collaborating. It's very fun. I really like messing with it. Um, it's going to be fun because we're going to go to different countries, quote unquote, that mirror real world countries and deal with like their mythologies. So I have a plan of going to like an India analog where they have like Indian mythological creatures that they encounter and having, you know, an entire culture based off of like Indian culture and just showing all of those characters. And, you know, I, I want to do that kind of thing. and go to different countries. Like they go to a Greece analog and there's all the Greek mythology creatures and, you know, whatever. Just because I think it's really fun, and those those different cultures don't get highlighted, and I think that'll be fun to see how like what is it, what are essentially D D characters interacting with creatures that you don't normally see in normal fantasy, quote unquote normal fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to bring light to those situations, and I you know, and it's gonna be fun. Like I said, there's there's only four pages up right now, but you can find it on Tapas. The other thing that I did, uh, I did this literally the day before we recorded this. Um, is my other comic Veritas, which is a more young adult, you know, um, adult, you know, I'm, when I say young adult, I mean like late teens, early twenties. Yeah. I've always kind um, of
0: assumed like soft it, R or it's, hard a, yeah, it's, a, it's
1: above teen. So this is more young adult soft R. Um, it's a superhero comic, um, that is also on tapas. It will be on webtoons soon but it is called Veritas, and you can search for that, V-E-R-I-T-A-S. There are multiple things on Tapas that have the name Veritas in them, but obviously you can differentiate because one of them is uh, not superheroes, and the other one is a uh, not novella sort of thing, and you can kind of differentiate. So it'll be pretty simple to figure out which one is which. My name will be also on it, if that helps. And uh, I'm really proud of that. Um, It has been a labor of love for like... 5 years now. Um the art from the artist is incredible. Um Davis Dominguez is just a fantastic artist. Um if you just want to check it out, let me know how you, how you feel about it if you have any questions, comments, etc. I'm 100% open to that. Um I wanted to make a comic that was for everyone. Not in the sense that it's like an E for everyone rating, but in the sense that Everyone feels like they can point to a character and be like, I relate to that person. And I can see myself in this world because this world represents me, you know, and I want to, I really think that there is a push for diversity and representation. And I wanted to do something that could answer that because no one can tell me no. I'm not beholden to the big two or another publisher or, you know, the the rules governed by like, well, this is the, you know, this universe and we don't do that thing here because it doesn't fit in our universe. It's like, yeah, it's my universe, my thing. I can do what I want. And what I want is I want, you know, multiple characters that are LGBTQ. I want multiple people of color in high profile positions in my story. I want, um, you know, role reversal for certain, you know, tropes. I want to just start changing how people see superhero comics and uh, you know there's only four pages up right now there are six issues drawn though we're working on getting the rest colored um i hope you enjoy it it is uh it's a labor of love between you know myself the artist and you know matt was incredibly instrumental helping me formulate this out of being mad at marvel civil war (laughs) one Which is that, was, a, that was an epic conversation. That was literally the two of us standing in the street at 3 a.m. in Palo Alto um, trying to trying to yell quietly because it was really late mm-hmm. about how much we didn't like Civil War. Um, and I think something positive came out of it that wasn't like a, fuck you, I could do it better. It's more just like, what if, though, this was this? And I think it's a more positive thing than just, I'm mad, therefore I made a thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go check those out. Uh, Veritas, V E R I T A S, and that's on Tapas, T A P A S. That's a mobile app as well as a website. And Mordecai and Co. Um, that is also on Tapas, but that one's also on Webtoon. Both of those are mobile apps as well as websites. But uh, you know, we don't we don't normally plug a lot of our own stuff. You know, Matt Matt does some really really interesting stuff with like games that he's developed that personally i think a lot of people would enjoy playing and he should show and do maybe a podcast where he just does that oh, that'd um, be interesting which would be cool because you've got a bunch of friends who would be down to do that and you could post those online um matt is a game designer as well as a writer and just an all-around good guy and i'm a, a person who reads a lot of comics and says like but what if i did it and then everyone's like don't 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 do that and i go but no i'm it's done it's on it's on a laptop you can't stop me and they're like well i guess now something has to be done about it
0: by the power invested in me by google Docs. yeah right
1: uh look if you're ever concerned about like what creativity feels like or like what it's like writing something and seeing it out in the in the world it's 100% 100% terrifying because I've been pitching this comic to tons of different, um, companies. All of them said, no, I would rephrase that. One of them said, no, the rest of them never replied back, which is a soft, no. Um, but the beauty of this age of media is that you can publish your stuff online without having to worry about it. And then you have the copyright for it because it exists and then nobody can steal your idea. And unless they're really shitty about it, um, But if you have a story that you have worked on that you're really proud of, you really should honestly just find the way to get it out there. And if you want to make money off it, that's fine. But nobody says you can't do the free thing first and then make money off of it later. Mm. That's not to say like, you know, do it for money. It's more like, yeah, if you want to like make this your job, obviously you're going to need to do this for money. But it's going to be a lot easier to make money off of it if you have an audience first. And 100%... I am I'm behind you and I hope you do the thing because I want you to and I want everyone to have their story told. Um but I don't think there's any greater feeling than creating something from scratch and being like I can do whatever I want with this. I mean, if you write fan fiction, you get it. Like you know the feeling and it's such a it's such a good feeling and if you have the inclination to try it if you've never written before, give it a shot. Like you don't have to be great at it. You don't have to be like the best at it, but like it's just a different outlet. And if
0: you can make it and you want to make it, I yeah, hope
1: you make it. Yeah. 100%, 100%. It. If that's not your jam and you just like consuming, um consume away. Like mm. w- artists need people to consume their art and you do the other half of that equation and that you're just as valuable. So in conclusion, uh do the thing. We believe in you. And uh We'll see you all next time, hopefully with some better
0: garbage to read. DC Detectives can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. To
1: stay in the know, check out our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and dcdetectivespodcast.com. Jean-Jean seemed to have plateaued. While he was more comfortable in his own skin, it seemed like the need for Detective Jones had waned in comparison to the role the Manhunter had. We had one last stop to make before we tackled the Justice League as a whole. And we hoped the Amazon had some stories that would take our minds off of the lackluster offering from the
0: Martian.